Hi, survivors and thrivers. Welcome to another episode of the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura. And first, I just want to say Happy New Year. We made it to 2021, and I honestly cannot even believe that 2020 is over. It feels somehow like the fastest and slowest year ever. And because we are entering into a new year, I want to talk about what it means to set goals for yourself, especially setting goals for yourself when you're in an abusive or imbalanced relationship. Because not only do I have a lot of personal experience with this, but I've been doing a lot of reading and trying to understand why people maybe react to us in a certain way when we do decide to make a move in our lives and to change. And I hope that this episode helps you in your resolutions. If you're feeling perhaps already defeated or you don't really know what your resolutions are going to be, maybe you're repeating a resolution from last year that didn't necessarily happen Whatever your situation may be, I want to be realistic about what it means to set these really big goals for the next 365 days ahead of us. And I just want to get really real with you guys. So on that note, I'm going to just start off with a little bit of a personal story. And about two years ago, I decided, actually maybe it was about three years ago now, I decided that I was going to stop drinking. And this happened for multiple reasons. I wanted to get my body ready to have a child. It was something that my ex-partner and I had discussed. And I also knew that I had a slight dependency on alcohol, especially in social situations. So I wasn't necessarily getting sober forever in my mind, but it was definitely something that I felt a little bit ashamed about. You know, I would have those nights where I would go out and drink too much, wake up in the morning feeling embarrassed and, you know, text my friends, what did I do? What did I say? And apologize for stuff that I didn't even know I was necessarily apologizing for. And, you know, I was just in this cycle of kind of indulgence and then embarrassment and shame, you know, surrounding alcohol. And so I decided that I was going to get sober. I didn't really have a time period in mind when I made this decision. I just decided it was going to be a thing that I did. And to my dismay, I was met with a lot of pushback from friends mainly. And I say friends in this story loosely because I've come to understand that these were not necessarily friends. They were just, you know, partying partners. But I got a lot of pushback from people like, how long is this going to last? And, you know, oh, we'll see about that. We'll see how that goes for you. We'll see how long you can do this. And I was receiving those comments from people that I didn't really care about, but I was also receiving those comments from people that I really, really cared about. And it was difficult to reconcile in my mind 
why these people had a certain expectation about the way that I was going to act versus how I interpreted my relationship with these people and how I really responded to them on a daily basis and on a personal level. I thought that my relationship with these people was a lot deeper than just going out to the bar and grabbing a a couple of drinks. And it was really painful. The only thing that made it a little less painful is that my ex was the one kind of nudging me along into this sober direction saying, you know, it's better for you, it's better for us. And it's going to be better for our children. They won't have to worry about alcohol being in the house. They won't have to worry about this and about that. And granted, I had never been in trouble, you know, around alcohol. I had maybe had a couple close calls that I'm sure a lot of people have had and felt guilty about. But I had never been arrested. I'd never gotten a DUI. I had never really been in this, like, destructive state of my life due to alcohol. But here my ex was kind of persuading me and pushing me into thinking that it was a bigger deal than it may really have been. And my point in all of this is to say that when you are in a situation where you're being pressured to make changes, it can really become difficult to decipher what you want to do with your life and the changes that you want to make versus the changes that other people want you to make and what you're doing to please others. And in my case, with this indulgent drinking situation, I did take a year and a half off from drinking and had my child and was perfectly happy doing all of that and going about it the way that I did. However, My partner decided to make this into, you're never going to drink again. I feel better when you're not drinking at all. And I am the kind of person that really does just like the taste of alcohol for the taste. And just like a lot of people, you know, indulge in food because they like the taste or, you know, they like to go shopping maybe a little bit too much because they get this like rush of adrenaline from shopping or, you know, whatever kind of vice that you may have. My plan was to relearn my vice and to return to it in moderation. And in the process, I wanted to learn about myself and learn about the relationships in my life without alcohol involved. But my partner made me feel like because I had set this resolution, I had to do it forever. I was stuck in this place. And if I went against what I had set my goal to be, I was going back on my word. I was lazy. I was, you know, all of the things that you probably can assume would be the way that he would perceive me. And that kind of just gets me to this whole idea of resolutions and goals in general, specifically resolutions at the beginning of the year, when the 
kind of cultural narrative is new year, new me, you know, 2021, this is going to be my year and all of the things that you typically hear. I'm going to crush this goal. I'm going to make this year my year. And we set ourselves up in such a, an optimistic and hopeful manner And I feel like most people end up disappointed. And not only do a lot of people end up disappointed because they've disappointed themselves, but they also feel disappointed because they've told somebody about this goal or they've maybe gotten an accountability buddy, which is one of my favorite words for someone that keeps you accountable and on track. And we we can become a little extreme in our goals and resolutions to meet other people's expectations of what we've said that we're going to do. And I just want to reiterate to you all that boundaries do apply to resolutions and goals. You are allowed to change your mind about a resolution, to go about a goal a different way than maybe you had in mind. You are also allowed to fire an accountability buddy if you have chosen somebody to walk you through this process that you're going through and you feel like it's getting, you know, past your comfort level, it's getting a little bit too intrusive or whatever the case may be. And this is something that I feel is not really spoken about when it comes to setting resolutions and setting goals. And I also want to talk about the mourning process that comes with setting goals and making resolutions because a lot of these things involve changing our lifestyles, changing something that maybe we feel is a core part of ourselves. For example, aside from quitting drinking so much, that was my resolution a few years ago and I feel like I met it and relearned my relationship with alcohol. Last year, I set a goal to start making boundaries with people and to start demanding that my time be valued the same way that I feel I value others' time. And while I think that is a great goal to have, and I think I've done an okay job at meeting a lot of my own expectations, I have also, as an empathic person, felt this mourning process happening with how I'm interacting with people, the openness that I have towards others, the willingness that I have to be there for other people or to let my boundaries down. I have definitely built up boundaries that were certainly not there prior, which is a great thing. And just like with drinking, I built up skills to moderate and stop at a certain point that I did not have prior. But with these changes in behaviors comes a change in how people behave around you. And comes a change in how people perceive you and the things that you are maybe invited to go do or the things that your friends talk to you about because maybe they don't feel as comfortable with you anymore because you are no longer in their comfort zone. You are making progress and moves for yourself and they no longer relate to you in the same way that perhaps they did. 
And in my case, people that I lost relationships with had these associated personalities and kind of, um, you know, hobbies attached to me. Like, for a while, I was the party friend. I was somebody that you would go to to have a great time and get your mind off of things. And as I matured and went through my own stuff, I kind of looked to other people to provide that for me and maybe not so much for myself to be the party girl and the one that's always, you know, ready to have a good time. Granted, there are times in your life that are great for that, but I, I was past that at this point. And when I set the goal to get married and have a child, friends that did not have me in that category and their brains, you know, they distanced themselves from me. They had to set their own kind of boundary with their expectations versus their reality in a relationship with me. And when we are setting all of these lofty goals and resolutions, I feel it is so important to be honest about the difficulties that come with these things, not only internally, because maybe it doesn't feel 100% natural to us, but also in kind of losing people in the process of finding ourselves. And when this pushback happens all around you, when you're trying to set these goals and better yourself, it can become very tempting to just say, you know what, my life is fine the way that it is. Maybe I'm being irrational. Maybe I'm making these very extreme decisions and I'm losing people in the process. So maybe I'm not doing the right thing. But I'm here to tell you that people distance themselves from you when they feel uncomfortable because either you are doing something extremely destructive, which hopefully when it comes to your resolutions, that is not the case, or you are making such great progress that they are so uncomfortable with themselves and where they are stuck and where they are failing that they cannot handle being around you. And this is especially the case with narcissistic abusers because a narcissistic abuser wants you to remain in their control. They don't want you to build any confidence. They don't want you to have any independence and they want you to rely on their perception of you and where they're praising you. And we are conditioned in these relationships to look for that praise and to always be seeking that validation because our narcissist is so hot and cold with us. So it can be even more difficult when you are in a narcissistic relationship to not only set goals for yourself, but to actually meet them. Because maybe like I was, you're getting very passive aggressive comments or, you know, you're getting gaslit into thinking you're not making the progress that you are. Maybe your abuser wants to just have you in this mindset that whatever you're doing is not enough. You could be doing more. You'd be trying harder. If you really cared about this, you would be doing X, Y, and Z. And instead, look at you. You're doing this. Or we bond over this thing together. How could you possibly want to change what we've bonded over so much? You know, a narcissist could 
really dig their claws in and talk you into taking back your resolutions into reneging on your promise to yourself. And when you can't even keep a promise to yourself and dedicate time to yourself, how on earth are you supposed to be a fulfilling partner and dedicate yourself to someone else's time and expectations? And this is how the narcissist wants you to feel. The narcissist wants you to feel beaten down, like you need to quit before you even begin, or if you do begin, it's never going to be enough. You're always going to be doing something wrong. They want to keep you so tied to the perception that they have of you that they don't care about the rest. They don't care about how you perceive yourself and the happiness that you have in your life. If you're fulfilled in your job or your hobbies or your friendships and relationships, narcissists don't care about that. So going into this new year, if you are stuck in a narcissistic situation, say at work or a relationship, whether it be friendship, family member, partner, I just want you to keep in mind that this is the time of year where a narcissist feels extremely threatened and like they could lose their narcissistic supply, their ego supply at any moment because so many resolutions revolve around bettering ourselves, making sure that we're happy, we're healthy, we are thriving and surviving. And a narcissist never wants to see that happen. And going into this year, and this is a note to myself as well, we have to remember that without our own boundaries and without our own goals, that we can become stuck. Even if you are not in a narcissistic situation, an abusive situation, you can still become stuck if you listen to the pushback or try to interpret how other people are perceiving your progress and the ways that you're trying to better yourself. This is not to say that you cannot better yourself, make progress, despite all of these comments from people that don't want to see you succeed. But I am saying that it's going to be a lot harder. And in our successes, we want to share them with others. And it makes the triumphs feel better when you have somebody really genuinely rooting you on and pushing you forward. And I just want all of you to remember that you are worthy of progress. You are worthy of success. And whether it's financial, emotional, you know, fitness wise, whatever kind of shape you want to be in, you deserve anything that you put your mind and your work toward, no matter what the pushback may be from others in your life who are afraid to see what happens if you thrive and if you make it to your goals. Personally, this year, my goals are pretty simple. 
I want to be financially more healthy, put more money into savings. But I also want to do some emotional work that is maybe not going to be so simple. I still have a lot of healing to do from my relationship. And I have a lot of growing, a lot of esteem to build, a lot of boundaries to set. I have a lot of work internally that still needs to be done. And the first step is knowing that I do still have some progress to make. And I thought the second step was involving someone that could possibly help me heal and grow. And that brings me to what my next episode is going to be about. So my resolution this year is to communicate better and to say things that are on my mind in an effective way and a constructive way. And in that spirit, I reached out to the woman who my ex-husband cheated on me with. He cheated on me with her about a month after we got married. And it was a physical affair for a short period of time, but it was an emotional affair for the entire time that I was married. And I always had a feeling that the emotional part of it was going on. I was you know, given some confirmation during my marriage that the physical part was happening and I could just never let go of the idea that the emotional part was just permanent and inevitable and unavoidable. And I was correct. I did not have this belief confirmed by my partner. I reached out to this woman after my divorce uh, had started and she was gracious and open enough to share with me what she had been going through and the struggles that she had faced and how she had been manipulated, lied to, emotionally coerced and abused by the same person who had emotionally abused me. And I did what any podcaster would do. (laughs) I asked her if she was willing to come on to the show for an interview. And in doing so, I felt that I had taken a step towards one of my resolutions, which was to be more open, communicate in a different way, and do some serious emotional healing. And to my dismay she actually agreed to come on and to talk about her experiences with my ex-husband. And it is a scary way to start 2021, but it is much needed. And so that's what the next episode is going to be. I have asked a couple of people for some feedback. I've gotten a little bit of pushback and hesitancy on some people, you know, saying, is this something that you really need to do? Is this worth your time? But it's not going to me, to me, it's not going to be grilling her for the details about what happened because I don't really need to know that. What I really want to focus on is healing and healing 
with her in a way from this person who abused both of us and digging into how she found herself in that kind of situation and how she got herself out of it because from my understanding they did end things for a little bit while I was going through my separation and they picked up shortly after and I just want to let you guys know before this episode does come out that there is no anger toward this person anymore. I do not hold her responsible for the things that happened. I hold her accountable, of course, but not responsible. And I hope that you continue on this journey with me in this podcast this year and continue to grow with me and find your boundaries and find the ways to have conversations with people that you never thought that you would have. And I hope that I set an example for all of you with my next episode, having a conversation with someone who I really never thought I would need to or want to communicate with. And it may be a little uncomfortable. It may be a little difficult at times for both of us, but I want this podcast to be ground zero for me and possibly for some of you with understanding your own emotional trauma, setting your own boundaries, and learning what it means to listen to your gut and to survive and thrive truly for yourselves. So on that note, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Happy New Year again. Happy 2020 or happy 2021, I mean. And I hope that all of you had a great 2020, a happy 2020, even through the pandemic and all of the craziness that came with our current events and political life and everything that was thrown at us in 2020. I hope that some of you, if not all of you, still found ways to be happy and to survive and thrive. And I hope that you can bring some of that energy into 2021 with you, into this podcast, And as always, if you have anything that you would like to give me as far as feedback goes or stories that you would like shared or anything at all that you think might be relevant to this podcast, I am always, always so happy to hear from listeners. And the Instagram for the show is the Narcissism Podcast, just like it's spelled in your feed. And the email for the show is the narc pod at gmail.com. That's T H E N A R C P O D at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for tuning in. And I will be back next week with the interview that I spoke about. And I hope that you guys really do get something out of that episode. I think it's going to be different and hopefully constructive and a great topic to explore. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you for the next.